as you uh, look at Facebook, and uh, I, I uh, do that most days, um, Thanksgiving, there's lots of feeds, lots of uh, thankfulness, right? And rain, much of it's sweet and maybe a little bit too sweet. But um, I read something written by my brother-in-law. And you know, it's my brother-in-law, so I'm reading and going, hmm, interesting. And the more I read, I'm, I'm thinking, wow, this, this, is not, this is really good. And I kept reading, and, and it only kept getting better. So I want to start our sermon today. This is my brother-in-law, Don Shorey. Uh, here's what he wrote. Thankfulness is a radically transforming worldview. It's not just a warm, fuzzy feeling, a pang of nostalgia, or a formal courtesy. We have that up there. Yeah, we do. Thankfulness is an explosive weapon of grace against every anxiety, every complaint, arrogance, fear, or temptation that seduces us. Thankfulness is an unstoppable engine of all growth and gladness and generosity. Thankfulness is a flooding fountain of everything good, the irresistible force of worship, the motor of love. Thankfulness sees God as our creator and our redeemer and our provider and embraces all of him and everything he gives. Thankfulness is nothing less than the extravagant reality of the gift of God's grace, applied and incarnated into every corner of our everyday life. You go, whoa. I didn't think of thankfulness in that way. It's powerful. And I would argue it's a rare commodity in 2022. It really is. It's largely missing from most of our lives, largely missing we would expect in this fallen world we live in, but it's even largely missing here in the church. Most of us haven't taken the time to learn about thankfulness. It's rare. So why is that? Why is it that gratitude and thankfulness are largely missing in most of our lives? That's just the truth. We, we just don't think about it. We, well, first of all, we live in a negative, critical, whining, complaining, anxiety-filled, uh, frustrating, fearful world. So the first reason it's largely missing, it's because it's all around us. The real pandemic is all the ugliness that we live in every single day. That's the real pandemic that's going on. We're living in a really angry, yelling, critical, cynical world. This pessimistic, uh, cynical, judgmental tone, it's found all around us. It's found in the music we listen to on Spotify. It's found in the shows that we consume on Netflix. It's found in the videos we're devouring on YouTube. And if we'll listen, it even is found in the words that are coming out of our mouths. We just don't pay much attention to our own words. So what, you respond, 
Everybody's this way. You know, last few years, it's been tough. Last few years, you know, the Lord doesn't mind a little whining, complaining, does he? After all, he allowed it, right? So what does he expect? We'll even blame the Lord for it a bit. So if I complain about my boss and my coworkers and my job, isn't that what everybody does about your job? That's what everybody does. If I grumble about the price of gas as I'm filling up the tank, we're all paying too much, right? If I'm whining about the weather and I don't like it because it's either too cold or too hot or too rainy or pretty soon too snowy, that, that's just the way I am. That's the way mom and dad were. That's the way grandma and grandpa were. If I grumble about politicians, aren't we supposed to grumble about politicians? You know, they deserve it, right? It's normal, it's routine to talk to myself, to talk to my spouse, to my family and friends about my troubles and frustrations. Okay? That, that's where we're at. That's just truthful. Let's see what God's Word has to say about it. Would you locate with me uh, the book of Numbers, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, number four. Uh, I want you to find uh, Numbers chapter 21. And, and let's see what God thinks in living color about this whole idea of whining, complaining, grumbling. Uh, locate it with me. Um, Numbers 21, uh, all the things we're hearing and come spewing out of our own lips. Now, as you get there, please understand this. The Lord has miraculously delivered his chosen people out of Egypt. They were slaves, walks them right through the Red Sea. We looked at it this summer, okay? Feeds them miraculously manna and quail and fresh water. And now here in Numbers 21... He's given them victory over the Canaanites, okay? Now, once again, victory and then the whining, the grumbling, the complaining start spewing from their mouths, okay? So here's what God thinks about that. Would you stand with me if you're able? Let's read. Numbers 21, we'll read verses 4 through 9, okay? Read with me. Then the people of Israel set out from Mount Or, taking the road to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. But the people grew impatient with the long journey, and they began to speak against God and Moses. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die here in the wilderness, they complained. There's nothing to eat here, nothing to drink, and we hate this horrible manna. So the Lord sent poisonous snakes among the people, and many were bitten and died. Then the people came to Moses and cried out, We've sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take away the snakes. So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord told him, Make a replica of a poisonous snake and attach it to a pole, and all who are bitten will live if they simply look at it. So Moses made a snake out of bronze and attached it to a pole. Then anyone who was bitten by a snake could look at the bronze snake and be healed. Do everything without complaining 
and our joy. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for uh, the chance we have now to talk about our words, to talk about our complaining and whining and grumbling, to talk about the angry, frustrating, uh, worry-filled words that most of us are spewing regularly without even noticing. So would you instruct us today what you think about those kind of words? Would you uh, teach us today? We, we know that you have an opinion and it's your thoughts that matter. So as we dig in now today, uh, help us to be learning and growing. Teach us to be thankful and grateful and appreciative people. Truth is, Lord, that goes against how we're wired. That goes against that old sin nature that we all still struggle with. So, Lord, would you teach us how we can do it your way? We invite your Holy Spirit. We invite, Lord, uh, your word to come together today in combination. Might we leave different people and all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one thankful voice, Amen. you can be seated. I can pray for my voice. I don't know if you can tell, but it <clears throat> feels raspy, raspy. Yeah, they stick a tube down your throat for eight hours. Uh, it does uh, strange things to your voice box. Anyway, there we go. Don't worry, Carl's going to turn me up nice and loud, yeah. Okay, here's, here's what the Lord, go back to Numbers 21, thought about whining, complaining. There I am, I'm grumbling about my voice. <laughs> I'm telling you, we do it all the time without even realizing ungrateful words. You know, I'm alive. I should, I should be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, our Savior hates negative, pessimistic, complaining words so much Check what we just read. That he sent poisonous snakes to bite the ankles of his chosen children. Do you, do you think they, they were whining, they're complaining, they're mad at Moses, they're mad at God, they're mad at everybody. He sent snakes that would bite them and they would die. That, that's how much he hates it. Going to send snakes, you're going to die unless you're reminded there's a cure. There's only one cure for their anxious, complaining words. Look to the brass snake and live, okay? Make a replica, make a statue of a snake, put it up on a pole, and if you believe there's a cure, God will give you the cure and you'll live. And if you don't, you're gonna die. How many do you think look to the cure quickly? You understand? It's like, whoa, there's a cure, okay? Fact is, we've been whining for 4,000 years. But if you go to John chapter 3, you're going to see Jesus takes this brass snake and says, we have a cure too. And what's our cure? Where's it at, Tim? You got it right over there. Thank you for making that wonderful cross for us, okay? That's to remind us, we've got a cure for our whining, complaining, negative lips, and it's the cross of Jesus Christ. Lifted high, okay? 
Sadly, many of us, as I've just demonstrated, we're really good at whining and complaining and finding the negative in everything. We're, we're whining, we're grumblers, we're angry, we're anxious. Uh, we're really, really expert complainers. And, and that's kind of sad. So what's the solution? What can we do about it? If the truth is, most of us have a default setting of whining, complaining, where do we find victory? Let's go to the new section of your Bible. So either on your phone or in your Bible, turn with me to Philippians chapter 2, would you please? Philippians chapter 2, because Paul has some really strong words about our words, okay? Strong words about our words. Here's what he says, Philippians 2, verses 14 and 15. Do everything. Do how much? How much is it? Balcony, I didn't hear anybody from up there. Do what? Everything without complaining and arguing. That's pretty all-encompassing. So that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. That pretty much describes the world we live in, does it not? Yeah, we're, we're supposed to shine bright in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Just pause for a moment. And the darker and more crooked this world gets, the brighter we shine. The brighter we shine, okay? Paul's writing here to followers of Jesus, giving us instructions. This is how you talk to each other. This is how everywhere you go, everyone you speak with, here's how I want you to talk to one another. Do everything without complaining or arguing. Whoa, <laughs> that's tough. Why? Why? Go back. Because as Jesus followers, he wants us shining bright. The whole idea as a follower of Jesus we're supposed to live and think and speak differently, okay? We're living in a really dark world full of crooked, perverse people. The challenge, you ready, is to live in a fallen, sinful, dark world and not join in. That's the challenge, okay? What he's saying, uh, I want you to live in this dark, complaining, negative world and not join in the negativity. Don't join in the course of complainers and whiners. I don't want you being a negative Nancy, y'all. Okay? Sorry if your name's Nancy. You know what I'm saying. Uh, move on with me. Go to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians, we're in 2. I want to show you some verses in Philippians chapter 4. Okay? We get instructions about how to avoid, again, being a negative, whining, complaining, frustrated Fred. And again, I'm sorry if your name is Fred. Um, these are some of my favorite verses in the Bible right here. So practical. Verse 6, so powerful. Here's what it says. Don't worry about, here's that word again, anything. Don't worry about, what does it say? Balcony, don't worry about 
Thank you. <laughs> Got to keep the balcony people awake. When I grew up in church, I lived in the balcony. <laughs> That's why I'm laughtery all the time. I know what you're thinking up there. Okay. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about, what is it? Everything, okay? Tell God what you need and thank Him for what He's done. By the way, that's a command. It's not a suggestion. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Don't stress. Don't worry. Don't be anxious. Um, do nothing complaining, whining. Um, if, if I were just to say it, I would say, stop it. Just stop the whining, the complaining, the negativity, the anxious, angry. Just stop it. Just stop it. And uh, that's one of my favorite little videos. If you want to just Google Bob Newhart, stop it. Uh, anyway, if you want to know where my sense of humor is, that's it right there. Uh, there you go. Just stop it, okay? Not right now. <laughs> you can do it after church, okay? Okay. So, instead of worrying, pray about everything. You know, every time you're tempted to worry, stew, fret, turn it into prayer, okay? Now, here's the part I miss, because it's the next line that's critical here. It says, uh, stop the worrying, the stewing, the anxiety, the complainings, instead prayer, and then it says, thank the Lord for Jesus for what he's done. That's the line I usually miss. Remember the goodness of Jesus in your life. Now that's huge. So I'm filled with worry, anxiety. Now I turn to the Lord and before I talk to him, remember all the good things he's done in my life. Now let's just pause for a moment because every one of you here who know Christ we have this in common. He created us in our mother's womb. All of us, fearfully and wonderfully made in God's image. That's huge. He handpicked every detail of our lives, even Pastor Jeff's big ears. Okay? So he handpicked every detail. He knows what he's doing. Uh, we're free to worship Jesus Christ. Most of us were born in a place, and thank you, Lindsay and Jacob, for uh, making sure we stay free. He got us the good news of the gospel many times. What's the gospel? Jesus, the sinless Lamb of God, left the glory and splendor of heaven, took on a human body. Jesus took my place on the cross, shed his blood for my sin problem, took my place in the grave, early Sunday morning arose from the dead victoriously. And then he defeated sin and Satan and death. And now, track with me, he's given me the opportunity to say, yeah, I opened the door of my life. Jesus, come on in. I believe and I receive you as my Savior and Lord. But he's not done there, born again, alive in his forever family. He's given each of us the gift of his spirit. Where does Jesus in spirit form live right now? Point. Point where? Where does Jesus live? He lives in me he, to lead us and guide us and empower us. He's gifted us with his holy inspired instruction manual for life. He's given us a church family to live life with, 
to encourage and love on each other. And one day, are you ready? We're going to be with Jesus for all of eternity. Face to face, enjoying the book of Revelation played out. Revelation 21 and 22. New heaven, new earth. We are blessed. Amen? We, so that's what he says. Remember what Jesus has done in your life. So now go back to verse 6. Let's put it together. Feeling a little anxious, a little worried? Stop it. Stop the fretting and the stewing and now give it, give those things, turn it to prayer and never forget, remember what Jesus has done for you and me. Okay? I'm grateful, I'm thankful. Uh, and when we turn our worry into prayer, when we remember all that Jesus has done, here we go, verse 7, Philippians 4, 7. Then you'll experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. How many of you have experienced that, verse 7? You've given things to the Lord. You've said, Lord, here it is. Uh, I can't handle this. Uh, thank you for all that you've done. And he's taken the worry and the fret and the stew and the anger and the frustration and now suddenly his holy calmness. Guards what? My heart and my mind. It's, it's amazing. Uh, holy shalom that guards our hearts and our minds. Okay. Uh, I want to show you this in practice. Locate the gospel of Luke quickly with me, would you? Because when Jesus walked on earth, um, he was doing supernatural stuff and he was doing miracles. And I want you to know he encountered ungratefulness. He, he found people who weren't very thankful. He really did. Luke chapter 17. Leprosy in biblical times, we're going to find, start in verse 11, um, was a death sentence. If you uh, were found to have leprosy, you literally were told, leave right now. Um, many times you'd have to wear a bell around your neck because no one wanted to come near you because in their minds, leprosy was so contagious. We want you outside of the city. So lepers at this time uh, were lonely and isolated. They could only live with one another. Uh, oozing leaking boils and sores. They'd lose fingers and toes and noses. They couldn't come near family. They lost their homes, their friends, their jobs. And if that's not enough, uh, Sydney, they had to shout, unclean! That's not good for the self-image. Unclean! <laughs> Talking about me. So no one would come near them. Okay. So now 10 lepers spot Jesus outside uh, Jerusalem, verse 11, here's what happens. As Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. And as he entered a village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, Master, they couldn't come near, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, uh, go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. 
of their leprosy. Now, just pause right there. As they went, as they believed Jesus, they were cleansed. They, they no longer, and, and you can just picture fingers returning whole, uh, noses suddenly appearing, and, and it's, they're clean, and the leprosy is gone, and now they've got their lives back. You can go back home. Uh, go and get certified at the temple. The priest will say, yep, you no longer have leprosy, uh, and now you can go back home. You can hug your wives. You can work. You can play. Get back to your babies. Make friends. Go to the temple. You've got your life back. Literally, Jesus gave them back their lives. Go back to the text, verse 15. One of them, one of the ten, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God! Verse 16, he fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, didn't, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except for this foreigner? Verse 19, and Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. I think he's talking spiritually. Okay? He'd already healed him physically, and now his faith in Jesus brought spiritual new life in this outcast. So one man, one of ten, uh, he was an outcast among the outcasts. Um, one man remembered to say thank you to Jesus. Only one in ten showed gratitude by falling at Jesus' feet. Only one in ten thanked Jesus for giving him his life back. So here's my question. What happened to the other nine? Think with me. Where were the other nine? One came back and got on his knees and cried out and said, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for giving my life back. Where were the other nine? And the answer is, they had wives to kiss. They had babies to hug. They had jobs that needed attention. They needed friends that needed to be seen. Come on, let's have a celebration party. I'm back, better than ever. They had life to resume. They didn't have time to say thank you. There wasn't any time to show gratitude. So, so I just wonder, in your eyes, I wonder in our lives, what percentage of the time when Jesus answers a prayer, how many of us run back to Jesus and get on our knees and say, thank you, Jesus? This was a good thing for me to be studying recently. It really was. You know, for, for months, Lord, heal me, bring, bring me strength, make the hurt go away. You know, and then when Jesus does, thank you. <laughs> I got sermons to get together. I, I've got things I got to do. I got a staff that needs me to lead. I, I need to get back. And, and it's so easy to be crying out to the Lord for a long, long time. Thanks, Lord. Back. Ungrateful. Thankless hearts. 
I know some of you, you've got big stuff. And, and I'm telling you, it's really hard. It's challenging for us to truly be thankful and filled with deep gratitude. Just move on. Get back to life and forget the amazing things that Jesus does. And he does that in all of our lives. I want to close by giving you five uh, ways for us to learn to be more thankful and grateful and appreciate what Jesus has done and doing. So some of you, I, you probably would be good to take a note right now, okay? Um, or if you want to reverse it, five ways to help quit complaining, grumbling, whining, and being so fearful and frustrated and anxious with life. So if you want to take a positive or a negative, either way works, okay? First, first suggestion, you need to really get good at noticing when good stuff happens, okay? So here's what I mean by that. I have a wife, Denise, and she's really good at these words. Give Jesus praise, <laughs> okay? If she makes a long putt, Give Jesus praise. Whereas I'm going, I knew I could do it. She's giving Jesus praise. And I'm telling you, even in the little stuff, when you take the time to say, give Jesus praise, I'm noticing something that Jesus came through on, um, even if it's as little as there's no parking spot and we need to get inside and we're late, and suddenly there's a spot, what do you say? Give Jesus praise, okay? Do we have it up here? Okay. I think some of you need to practice this with me, okay? So now um, you, you're praying that there'll be a, enough milk that will be able to fill all the cereal bowls, and you're really not sure, and, and there's just enough. What do you say? Give Jesus praise. I'm telling you. And if you'll start on the little stuff and with your mouth out loud noticing when Jesus is good to you, and can I tell you, he's gooder to you than you notice. He really is. He, he's good all the time and he's up to good stuff and we need to notice when he's good. Second way to help us be more grateful and thankful and less whiny, okay? When something bad happens, okay, so when something, and you'll notice this quicker, here's what you say. We'll put it up here. Jesus, I believe you're going to use this for good. That comes from Romans 8.28, okay? Jesus, I believe you're going to use this for good, okay? When I first got news, I needed triple bypass surgery. Um, can you... Believe I didn't like that news. I, I wasn't happy. I didn't understand it. I was pretty sure something had got mixed up in the translation. Um, but I was finally able, and it wasn't as quick as it should have been, Jesus, I trust you, and I know you're going to work this out for good. It's huge. It's good for me to hear me say those words. It's good for you to hear you saying these words. Jesus, I believe you're going to use this for my good. 
Say it with me. Jesus, I believe you're going to use this for my good. And you say it out loud. That's the part. Sometimes we think it and it quickly disappears into nowhere. Okay? If you start making it a habit, Jesus, I, I believe you're going to take this and I don't like it. And uh, I, I believe this situation with the IRS, Jesus, I believe you're going to use it for my good. Okay. Third way to help us be more thankful and grateful, less worried, less whining, less complaining, is to remember, you ready? Birds of a feather flock together. Okay? Birds of a feather flock together. Want to be a grateful, thankful person? then start hanging with people who are grateful and thankful. Make, make the people you spend a lot of time with, make them be people who say, give Jesus praise. Uh, look for people who are going to say, Jesus, I believe you're going to use this for my good. Okay? Make those people your people. Which also means you might need to start spending less time with negative, complaining, angry, anxious people. Because if you hang with grumbling, pessimistic, critical people, guess what you will become in time? Just like them. Proverbs 13, 20, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools, get in trouble. 1 Corinthians 15, 33, uh, don't be deceived, bad company corrupts good character. It's biblical. Yeah, who you hang with, you're going to become like. Fourth way to enable us to be grateful, thankful people, less negativity, less frustration, uh, Philippians 4, 8 and 9. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Can I just say what we consume, garbage in, garbage out. If you're consuming things that are right and pure and lovely and you've got Jesus-honoring music going on, and you're listening to podcasts that encourage you to live for Christ, you got your nose in the book, or if you're constantly consuming Spotify and Hulu and Amazon Prime, and I looked up the top, HBO Max and FUBU, whatever that is, um, and you got things going on filled with profanity and nudity and negativity and blood and gore, and I could keep going, is it any wonder that we feel negative and we're angry and pessimistic about life? <clears throat> when we fix our minds <clears throat> on things that are false and dishonoring, things that are wrong and corrupt and ugly and deplorable, that's the opposite of Philippians 4, 8, and 9. It's going to affect our words. It's going to affect our attitudes. Garbage in, garbage out. Fifth and final way, stay thankful. Avoid the judgmental, complaining, anxious. Okay? It's at core remembering Christ 
as our creator, Christ as our redeemer, Christ as our provider, learning to embrace everything he gives us. That's really at core what this is all about. I go back to my brother-in-law's statement. Thankfulness is a radically transforming worldview. It's not a warm, fuzzy feeling, a pang of nostalgia, or a formal courtesy. Thankfulness is an explosive weapon of grace against every anxiety, complaint, arrogance, fear, or temptation that seduces us. It's an unstoppable engine of all growth and gladness and generosity, a flooding fountain of everything good, the irresistible force of worship, the motor of love. Thankfulness sees God as our creator and our redeemer and our provider, embraces all of him and everything he gives. Thankfulness is nothing less than the extravagant reality of the gift of God's grace, applied and incarnated into every corner of everyday life. Here's my challenge as we close. Okay? Ready? Ready for a challenge? We can choose to just join the world in negativity, complaining, whining, critical, ugliness, and just choose to live like the world we live in. Okay? That's a choice. Don't do anything different. Just consume all sorts of garbage around you. Listen to everybody at work. Listen to your neighbors. And just let the default position just continue on. Yeah, they're joining. Yeah, they'll be up there in a minute. Um, we can choose that. And you, that's not hard. I, I promise you, just continue on with your life as, as you've always done. Okay? Or, give me your eyes. Make the hard choice, Lord. I want to live as a light, a bright shining light in the middle of a dark world. Lord, would you make me a thankful person? Would you help me to start noticing when you're up to good stuff going on in my life? Lord, help me to, with my mouth, out loud say, praise the Lord. He's good. He knows what he's doing. Give Jesus praise. Or Jesus, you're going to do good stuff. And quit hanging around negative, whining, anxious, pessimistic people. Well, I, I can't do that, Lord, any longer. It's going to affect me. Yes, it will. It'll affect us all. Which way are you going to go? How many of you will take the challenge? Lord, by your grace, make me a thankful, grateful person. I have so much. Do you know how rich we are? We have so much to be thankful for. Bow your heads. Lord, we are so rich. We have been blessed abundantly, exceedingly more than we can ask or imagine. Thank you for Jesus. And I pray, Lord, for each of us. We're all living in the same negative, fallen, whiny, critical, pessimistic, grumbling world. We're going to have to go against the flow. We need your spirit. We need your book. We need your power for us to shine bright for you. Lord, if there's anybody here or watching online 
who's never said yes to your son Jesus. They've never believed what he did for them on the cross, shedding his blood, taking our place in the grave, arising victoriously early Sunday morning. They've never opened the door of their life and believed and received him as Savior and Lord. Might today be the day of salvation. Because that's where new life begins. That's, that's where uh, thankfulness and gratitude starts when we invite you in and we become your kids. So work powerfully, Jesus. Thanks for helping me with my raspy throat. It's good to worship you here today. It's in Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen.